0: plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli.
1: I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast.
2: So that was Not So Manic Tuesday. Seeing as this went so well yesterday, I thought we'd revisit uh, finding an adjective beginning with T to describe today's play. Matt, David, how would you describe Women's Quarterfinals Day in a word beginning with T? Tense.
3: Tense
2: Tuesday, Matt?
3: No, it wasn't even tense. It wasn't Tepid? Very t- it was... Tepid?
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm the af- weather wasn't
1: tepid, but I'm the tennis would was quite agree tepid. With,
2: I'm afraid I would agree with Matt. When, At what point were you tense today, David?
1: Uh... When
3: I got, was racing to try to get undercover because there was about a storm about to come over.
1: Um,
2: I was I was very much getting at the tennis yeah. when I...
1: <laughs> you see, you put me on the spot. <laughs> Tell you I what was... I'm going to do, David, is tomorrow think of adjectives mm. beginning with
3: W. Yes,
2: mm. I, I, think I, I think that's something that I'm learning here, Matt, is
1: that I've gone two days in a row and
2: I really should have figured that out. Matt, why was it tepid?
1: It was tepid because... Let's be honest, none of the women's quarterfinals today were fantastic matches. I think there were some great performances. Um, I think Irina Sabalenka in particular was very, very impressive. Ash Barty gave her best performance of of the tournament, I think. Kerber did what she's been doing all tournament. And Pliskova was excellent as well. So lots of great performances and we have a fantastic semi-final lineup but they're all straight set matches without much tension.
3: Can I I rescue my tense Tuesday Mm. uh, description? Really, for the players that didn't win today, there was some tension on show, actually. And I wasn't actually getting that. I was just trying to find a word beginning with T. But when I think back to it now... I, can, I look at them and this is what frustrates me so much that we get to quarterfinal stages and it, and it isn't elevated to best of five. It's why I so much wish that happened on men's and women's side is that you just don't have the time yeah. to mm-hmm. rescue your nerves, your lack of form in the early stages and there was, there was too much of that. Now, they could have all ended up in straight sets. I don't believe that would have happened.
2: And, and the fact that the players know that they don't have the time adds to sort of doubles down on it I think they're the sort of oh my god I'm I'm not playing my best I'm nervous I, I can't move properly and then you you sort of panic about the fact that that's happening yeah. so and it and all kind of spirals
3: and it's the women's game that ends up Getting the raw end of the deal because my niece, for instance, came to watch today. She got tickets for Court One, and she's chuffed to be here. She got them last night. She'd never been to Wimbledon before. I, I saw her. I gave Aww. her a tour of the grounds. It was lovely Aww. to see her. And and
2: and then she, you still described your day as tense.
3: <laughs> well, it was when I was coming back from that tour that I suddenly started to see you see this storm coming in. Anyway, right. um, and but the fact of the matter is that. People go away from a day like today and they say, oh, I much prefer the men's game because that's mm-hmm. best of five and you get much more, you know. And I'm thinking, well, no, the women's game is so good right now they're just not being given enough time to show it. And and it frustrates me enormously.
2: I agree with all of that wholeheartedly.
1: Full house. Yep, yeah, well said.
2: If Which of the four women's quarterfinals that we saw today I know we've got a a, a bonus ball uh, her catch win to to deal with or the latter stages thereof uh, which of the four women's quarterfinals today were least affected by by what you describe by the less experienced player being uh, addled by by nerves and tension
3: I'd probably say the Ons Jabeur match uh, and I didn't see all of the other matches because I, I, I completed the men's match in commentary and then I came back and I, I commentated on Tom Ljanovic and, and Barty. And actually that match will come to it later, but that was just a class difference really yeah, between mm-hmm. the Absolutely. two. I didn't think that was about nerves. That's about Barty just being a nightmare uh, for for an opponent like Tom Ljanovic. But f- from what I saw, Ons came out and, and took on Sabalenka. And Sabalenka has figured out a way to put her tour game on the stage of a slam this fortnight. And she put Wuhan and Madrid on well, this centre. Wu Woo- Hambledon. Wu Woo-
2: Hambledon, you say, David?
3: Yes. Yes. It is, I find
1: that exciting.
2: The people that hate that nickname, we say it quite a lot, don't we? <laughs> Wu Hambledon.
1: Yes, we do. It is such a game changer if <laughs> Sabalenka has cracked slams. Like a total game yeah, changer.
2: Everyone else is disappointed with this turn of events. We don't, still
3: still think we don't know until she's won one or gone all the way. Yeah, we but need for more somebody data. That
2: hadn't reached a quarter final, even, David. Definite
3: progress, massive Yeah, Yeah,
1: and, and it really felt like getting over the fourth round hurdle was the barrier broken mm. today because there was no sense of oh well this is my first Grand Slam quarter final, maybe there's going to be some pressure there. It was like she was released. Yeah. Yeah. And And Sh- Sh- she was, was good today, I thought. She was, was very she? good, particularly yeah. in the first set. She she served wonderfully and really kept Sabalenka at bay and then just Sabalenka timed her brilliant returning game to perfection to break for the first set and then went up a break in the second set. And if there was any wobble at all. It was it was there where she lost the break immediately, Sabalenka. But it didn't last and she kept her foot on the pedal and was just bludgeoning the tennis ball. I mean O Ongebour is a powerful player. I mean she's got lots of other elements to her game and I think the courtcraft is what most commentators will pick up on with her. But she's got plenty of power herself and she was on the back foot against Sabalenka all match. It was it was an awesome performance.
3: Wow! See, I, I didn't. Yeah. I I'd said she's put her tour form on this court, but I hadn't seen it closely enough to be able to. I've I've watched a lot of her really close up when she's playing that well. Sounds like she was then. Oh.
2: completely dialed in. I don't think Jabeur will have any regrets about today. I mean, okay, that there were a few more unforced errors in the second set, but that's because she'd been playing well in the first set and it hadn't been enough. So you start thinking, oh my gosh, what extra can I do? And pulling yourself out of your comfort zone. So I, I wouldn't look at that as evidence of her not having having played well. Her, the returns from Sabalenka, you know, I've been really struck by the Jabir Shib- serve this tournament. It's a f- far bigger weapon than I can ever remember it being. And Sabalenka, once she zoned in, on, and was picking the serve. It was it was breathtaking watching those return, returns. It looked like a drill. It looked like a drill wow. for her. It was, and she she yeah the the focus didn't waver. She looked like she looked like a different animal, really. And she is, let's face it, heavy favourite to to reach the final. Now she'll face Pliskova in the semis, and I know this is a huge moment for Karolina Pliskova. And if this had happened three years ago, we'd be saying, right, it's finally happening for Pliskova. She's, this is surely the moment she breaks down the barriers and and is unleashed in some way. But, I, I, you know, yesterday we talked about Sabalenka being, I think Matt said, Sabalenka is probably the best player on tour now not to have won a slam. And that went uncontested by all of us, didn't it? We all nodded... our our assent to to that statement and it was probably a year, 18 months ago that unanimously Pliskova was that woman.
1: Yeah, I mean Sabalenka isn't the player with the best, most complete tennis CV that doesn't include a slam. Mm. I think that probably would be Pliskova Um, and I think, I think, Alina Svitolina would have a strong case as well. But it just feels like Sabalenka's has got a higher peak than those two players. Certainly, as you said, in the last year, 18 months, she's she stepped up on the tour and just hasn't been able to transfer it to the slams, but is, is doing so now. Um must say, I thought Pliskova was excellent today. I, yeah. thought, I thought it was the best I've seen her play in a long, long time. It felt like she was on a real mission to to finish that match as ruthlessly as she possibly could. And, and she did 6-2, 6-2, one lengthy game in in the second set, I think at 4-2, where she had to fend off quite a few break points. And look, Golubic, I mm. thought, did all the right things. Yeah, you know, she nice tried, player to watch. Lovely player to watch. She tried to get Piskova moving, but actually Pliskova's footwork and defensive skills were were pretty impressive today. She she came up with some brilliant shots from difficult positions. Um, For
2: Pliskova, she looked quite lively, didn't she? Yes, it's rare you describe Pliskova as lively, but she did. She looked sort of an- animated. <laughs> she's giving is that ludicrous. She's to say?
3: giving good interviews, by the way. I've noticed. Oh,
2: she is she is chippy about her court assignments up to this point. Oh, really? She actually said it in her post-match interview oh. on the court she said this is the first time I've had the chance to to play on uh on this court this tournament she's still not been able to play on centre um so I'm just pleased I was able to put in a good performance and then she made the point again in post-match press about I mean she went a lot further in fact in post-match press didn't she
1: yeah she yeah, she joked about. Well, I'm in the semi-finals now. You can put me on court
2: twelve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's good. And,
1: and then and then she also mentioned the fact that today was the first time she'd been in the main interview room mm. for uh, her press I'm conference. I did I, I, joke
2: I, I, a few days ago. What will Plushka, when I was looking through the the uh, the WhatsApp group that informs us when players are coming to press and where they're going? I saw her heading into room 47 or something, and I said, "Oh, what will Karolina Plushkova have to do to get in the main room? Semi-final." Turns out, semi-final yeah. is the I, answer. I
3: don't. I, I have a a, a be my bonnet. Generally about the women not getting the the treatment they deserve. I don't have a great deal of sympathy specifically for Karolina Plisikova. I agree. I, That's what we say. Agree much. because
2: because she has been given high court assignments on the past on the basis of coming in as a contender, having won Eastbourne or shown great grass court form or reached a semi-final at the French Open or being one of the world's top three tennis players. And she has completely flattered to deceive and not lived up to that. So I completely understand being a bit gun-shy with Pliskova about putting her on the big stage. She's she's cried wolf so many times. So yeah, I mean, I, I, across the board, the women should, should have better billing, but I don't see it as a Carolina a specific no. issue.
3: <laughs> what I do like about her, though, is if you ask her a, a bit of a different type of question. I, I heard one interview today, I think, um, on the BBC, they asked her about... The origins of her tattoos or something like that and she really mm. engages with that sort of thing you know she doesn't mm. just flat bat it away she gives you chapter and verse and and I, I like that I th- I think good for her that she's managed to get into this position she really does look the part this fortnight now there is a chance that she shows us something a bit like some of the other players we've talked about in the men's draw like uh Shapovalov and, and people like that okay he's a lot younger but This might be a new stage, that she's overcome whatever's held her back. I personally think it's all on Sabalenka. If Mm. Sabalenka plays the tennis she can, I think Pliskova is going to be too late on her shots. She's going to not be able to cope with that power.
2: I agree. Uh, and, and that'll be that. Did Pliskova get broken today? Because she came into the match not having broken all tournament, Pliskova. And I don't think she got broken today.
1: Well, she hadn't, she hadn't lost a set all tournament. I think she'd only Sorry, been, broken, she'd been a, broken three times. A, a few times. She'd
2: been broken three times. Yeah. Um, um,
1: yeah, I. it feels like Sabalenka is an upgrade. Yeah. On Pliskova, I think a few years ago we would have really thought of Pliskova as someone who is kind of the most powerful player on WTA tour on her racket. On mm. her racket, matches she can control them, mm. and yet even we say whole, all those things now about Sabalenka. Even the
2: whole unable to peek at a slam thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels like an accident that Pliskova's peaked at this slam because she she didn't win a match coming in, did she? She did She hadn't won a match on grass. Um, so it was like she was always going to peak at her next tournament, but it just happened to be a slam. If she, Perhaps if she'd had a run at one of the lead-in tournaments, <laughs> she would have lost second round here.
3: <laughs> yeah, I do think that the going under the radar thing has helped, has helped, her. helped Yeah, her. She, mm-hmm. for sure. I also think this is where... Sasha Bayin may come into his own because I think he's a really good hitting partner from from what mm. I've heard and he can probably do a decent impersonation <laughs> of Sabalenka on the practice court to just try to get her ready for it there's still nothing like facing it in the bare pits of a Center court or whatever. Well, it's going to be center court, isn't it? Mm. Um, with Sabalenka, first time on
2: center court, she'll make a cheeky <laughs> point about that, I'm sure.
3: With Sabalenka's sheer fury, the way she goes mm. for you, she's you know that they're, they're so different in their outward behavior. The that I don't know the sheer force of nature that Sabalenka is. I find would be probably terrifying to face.
2: Mm. It does feel like a matter of the extent to which Sabalenka shows up and plays the tennis she's played up to this point for sure and i i think she will It'd be great if it was I think good, she will it? i think she is liberated i'd love
3: it if these two semi-finals could yeah. be what they're capable of being yeah
2: well famous last words here and obviously i'm jinxing it and this is a terrible thing for me to say <laughs> on this podcast but i see very little very little chance of the other semi-final being a disappointment. I've heard that so
3: many times on this podcast.
2: <laughs> Kerber against Barty. Come on.
3: If it's not, if that's a squib of the damp kind. Then is there any other kind? Something is wrong <laughs> with the universe. Yeah.
2: Because d- the way I they're can't, playing. I just can't see it. I just can't see it. I mean, Kerber is perhaps not so much today, but just a recipe for good matches I think and Barty is a wonderful fo- they are wonderful foils to one another they've got a very even head-to-head which it's very difficult to read too much into because what is it? the past three years of their respective careers have been going in opposite hmm. directions three three two
1: yeah three two to Kerber um, but I think their most recent match was at the 2019 Hopman Cup so as, as Catherine says, since then, Kerber's been falling down the rankings and Barty's ascended to world number one. Um, but that just makes me more excited to see it because it feels like those are two of the most, you know, impactful players on the WTA Tour over the past decade or so. And to have not seen them both play each other at their peak is, is a shame. But I think we're going to get that on Thursday. I, I cannot wait and I think it's on the surface which suits their both of their games the best really in
2: in very different ways because Kerber's you know at the back of the court mostly hitting the ball as hard as she can and working the angles and doing that thing where she crouches down and and hits the ball from sort of a a squat position which she somehow manages to make look elegant (laughs) Um, and no matter how far pulled wide she is she manages to hit more than a defensive shot she manages to sort of gain control of rallies whilst seemingly pulled out of court whereas Ash Barty's game suits the grass in a completely different kind of more balletic um, traditional way I suppose Mm. with her slicing and dicing and and tactical tactical game it's I really yeah. think it's going to be a joy. Yeah. I do. I know, I know I'm know you. i doubling down on the jinxing, but I think it's going to be wonderful. It's what this podcast does. Yeah, I, I they were at, both can't... so good today. Yeah. And they both have been there and done it before. I don't see either of them faltering on the stage or under the spotlight. I think...
1: They're going to bring it. They're they both are.
2: going to bring it.
1: Yeah, and I think... Kerber got a very small taste today of some of the problems she'll come up against um, against Barty in Karolina Mukova today because, look, Mukova is not as good as Barty yet. She might well get there, but she does cause some similar problems. She has a similar ish style of play. In particular, she's got a nice slice backhand, and there were moments towards the end of this match when Kerber was trying to serve it out where that sliced backhand was causing Kerber some problems. Mm. So I'm fascinated by how that, that match-up goes on, on Thursday. And in, in general, I think Kerber likes pace. I think she likes being fed pace that she can deflect and move around the court. And I think Barty will deny her that. It will be, it will be all about court craft. The rallies could be... They, they could be sensational. I, I've got they? cerebus, Tormo curva,
3: oh. fines. Yes, I'm coming in on the jinx train, <laughs> Catherine. Come on.
2: Um, I mean, similar with Ash Barty today. I mean, she was. It, it was. She was a class apart, wasn't she? I mean. It, 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 it. Perhaps Tommy didn't produce her absolute best, but I don't think it was about the stage. I or thought she did a she good job. She came out and held to love in the, the opening game, The didn't fact she, that she was...
3: made that second set close for a yeah. bit, you know, and got it back to... she. At one point, she was 4-1 points for 5-1 down, and she got it back to 4-3. And I thought, actually, you know what? That's a blumming good job, that. She was helped by Barty hitting four double faults in the second set. But there was a moment where the presenter of Five Lives coverage, Tony Livesey, who doesn't do tennis year-round at all. I mean, he's a very general presenter. He's really good. He's really good at dialing into Wimbledon and then trying to learn about the sport on behalf of the listeners through people like me and through the really good mm, pundits. He really and is. People who yeah. do the sport all the time. But he, he he just drew a little parallel for us between Tom Lianovich and Radicano last night in as much as he was worried that Tom Ljanovic would... Would be marked by this 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 scoreline that we had of six one four one points for five one, and I mean, obviously I've got more experience of her and and I, I, I feel she I mean she's a a pretty seasoned player now and she's had really tough losses in the past and she's bounced back and she's built a really good career. But my response to that was, this is not about Tom Ljanovic throwing in a dud of a performance or freezing or anything. This is more comparable to watching Roger Federer or Novak Djokovic playing at the peak of their powers. That Mm. is what we're looking at with Barty in that sort of form. She is... She should be held up as a, a performer who... Gets a standing ovation three times at the end of a theatre performance. You know, it's that kind of thing. She can, she's got so much control over the tennis ball. It's um, mm. it's it's mesmerizing, really.
1: Yeah, I, I thought she really found her forehand today. The way she was pulling Tomjanovic over the court with that shot and just seemingly. Could end the point at will with it, whether it was a hook cross court or a bigger one down the line. She just she just had it all. I think she was in double figures for for forehand winners today, and I think so often we can talk about Barty's game being really complex, and and it can be. She's got lots of different ways to win points, but today it just seemed really. Clinical. Just she,
3: she understands her game more than ever now. Totally mm. getting the
1: ball on the forehand, finish the point. That's kind of what she did today. I thought, you know, in really basic terms, and such a such a route to success for her. Yeah, I thought. Best performance of the week for her. She's stepped up with every match. And if she steps up again, going to join the hype train. (laughs) Yeah. Bring on Thursday. Can
3: I give you another little Federer comparison? Just in the way she carries herself in her post-match interviews now. She's got that slightly furrowed brow of amusement at how good (laughs) she is. (laughs) And how great it all is as well. How she seems to be enjoying the sport and the trappings and the lifestyle and the travel and the everything about it in a way that I don't remember her looking before. She always used to look like she was doing a job and looking forward to getting home. Now, she s- still describes herself as a home bod, but she seems to be loving the sport.
2: She's finding a way to make it work, isn't she? She says she FaceTimes her nieces and nephews morning and night, oh. which must be, you know, just lovely. And, and there are, I'm totally putting words in her mouth now, but my experience of lockdown is that... you. You can actually make yourself talk to your family more than it, you know. You, you, I ended up. We set an appointment every week to to mm. FaceTime as a family, oh, nice. and you know we didn't have an appointment every week to all meet up and yeah. talk about absolute nonsense and do a crap quiz. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't, I not I don't know. I know she she lives closer to her to her sister, doesn't she? And maybe that's not the case for her, but you know what a lovely grounding thing to have that kind of routine and yeah it's she is a joy and i'm telling you that match is going to be a joy and podcasts can be deleted from the internet so, <laughs> so this is only up for covered. 48 hours <laughs> get in there quick
0: <laughs> normally being a little extra can be a bit much
3: Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right.
2: Right then, you mentioned um, Emma Raducanu there, David, who obviously, Tom Lianovich, beat yesterday by virtue of Raducanu's retirement something which is look I knew it was going to be a big story and I knew last night when we were recording the podcast that the absence of a statement from Radikani, which I completely understand but I did uh, you know speculation and opinion was going to fill that vacuum I still have been taken aback by the extent to which that has been the case today in all honesty um, but it, a statement did come through from Emma Raducanu um mid afternoon today saying hi guys, I wanted to let everyone know that I'm feeling much better this morning. First up, I want to congratulate Isla on an incredible performance and I'm sorry our match ended the way it did. I was playing the best tennis of my life in front of an amazing crowd this week and I think the whole experience caught up with me. At the end of the first set after some super intense rallies I started to breathe heavily And felt dizzy. The medical team advised me not to continue. And although it felt like the hardest thing in the world not to be able to finish my Wimbledon on the court... I was not well enough to carry on. I want to thank the people who've cheered me on every single match. I wanted to win so badly for you. I also want to thank the All England Club, my team, the LTA, my parents and friends. Last night will go a long way to helping me learn what it takes to perform at the top. I will cherish everything we've achieved together this week and come back stronger. Can't wait to see what's next on my journey. Emma, and she also did... Um, an interview via Zoom from her hotel with uh, Sue Barker on BBC television today where she didn't say much more than was in that statement but she did seem to be okay and um, I was personally so relieved to see that because I was so genuinely worried by some of the things I saw on Twitter today. I managed to get myself involved in a Twitter spat with Kevin Peterson because I was so upset by something he has to say, uh, something he had to say. And I, you know, I know that that is a counterproductive thing to do, to get involved in these things. And I've, I've changed my approach to to Twitter in the last couple of years to, to try and not express my anger. It's not that I don't get angry folks, Um, but you know, the best way to deal with idiocy, certainly on that platform, I think is with a light, lighter touch and, With humour, and that also is a more sort of self-preserving approach as well, um, in respect of one's own mental health. But I was so upset by some of the stuff about Emma Emma Raducanu on Twitter today that, and I, I just, sorry, I've somehow managed to make this about me. Apologies, but I just kept picturing her seeing it, you know. And I'm sure she's got great people around her. I'm sure she's being shielded from from some of it to an extent but we're talking high profile people here she'll be seeing this stuff and this could hang around her neck for a long time and and ex-athletes people that you know seemingly have some gravitas and some weight in in the in this department just dismissing her um is unacceptable, and I know there's good stuff out there about her as well understanding compassionate kind stuff, but if she's listening she 's not um, but ignore them ignore them because they're irrelevant because firstly they're wrong, and secondly even if even if they're right about their own experience, their own experience is out of date, the world has changed and is changing it's still got a way to go but it's changing in respect of understanding and expressing mental health you know look at Andy Murray how many times have we seen him cry on the court and manage emotions it's not that the toxic masculinity approach of oh if you if your emotions are getting to you you're weak it's it's all gone it's it's gone and it's going and the people expressing that kind of stuff are total dinosaurs in your 18 years old and they'll be they'll be nobodies for most of your career so ignore them
3: well said i love it yeah couldn't agree more and look people experience things in different ways and trying to impose your career and your experiences on someone else is just, just wrong. And you just got to get involved in a conversation. You don't have to just piss off. Um, and look, Emma I, I think her statement's great. I love it. And, um, you know, it sounds like her, Mm. she said a few of the ticked a few of the boxes you have to tick as well but she's getting good support I think and um and I think people know people know what what this the situation would have been and it's ridiculous what she's done over the last week none of us saw this coming none of the people who even the people who God of the wild card. Even Nigel Sears wouldn't have expected, I don't think, quite this degree of run. He knows how good she is. He's been saying it for years. But to to do it out of the blocks like that, the The young woman has not even had a career yet. She hasn't even... She's, not, she's barely a pro. She's not even on the tour yet. And yet she's in the last 16 of Wimbledon with people like us saying she could win the match. And that's how good she is. Um, but this is... This is fine as long as she can just find her own way, how to deal with whatever, whatever is required along the way. And, uh, mm. and I believe she can do that.
2: Well, so does Marcus Rashford. And I think if, you, if, if you've got Marcus Rashford on your side, then uh, you're, the, you're the right side of history and morality. Um, he That's said to her today after her statement, he said, it happened to me playing for the national team in under-16s against Wales. I remember it to this day. No explanation for it, and it never happened again. You should be very proud of yourself. The country is proud of you. Glad to read you're feeling better onwards and upwards. I love that
3: guy. Oh, yeah. he He gives me hope the way that, I mean, as a young athlete, the way that an older manager like Gareth Southgate of the England team gives me hope that good can conquer evil you know can conquer all can prevail because he's a good guy a good lad who's understands mm. Mm.
1: and i saw dina asher smith lent her support as well to mereducanu today these are these are good people and gosh it it would be nice if more people reacted with that compassion and understanding and but you know there does always seem to be a day of wimbledon where Piers Morgan and his cronies weigh in with some awful offensive take at the sight of somebody showing something other than a positive emotion on court and I think you're right, Catherine, I think, you know, the tide is turning and those days are ending where you know, hopefully more people in future will be reacting like Marcus Rashford and Dino Asher Smith and Emma Raducanu. those will be the people leading the way in the not too distant future. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad to hear Khan is okay, mm. and all the best to her. Yeah, great run.
2: Absolutely. Uh, we had today Hubert Hurkacz, David mm-hmm. beating the second seed Daniil Medvedev to make his way through to tomorrow's men's quarterfinals. I think you were covering that match.
3: Yeah, I I wasn't expecting this turnaround. I, I really wasn't. I mean, Medvedev was leading two sets to one. He was four three down overnight. I I thought that Medvedev would probably get the job done in four, but I, but I have to say when I was covering that match with Annabelle Croft, and during the knock up to the match, she just said to me, "Her catch is winning this knock up," and she had spotted that he was m- more in control of the balls he was hitting, and more and loosey, he he hit a, he hit a sort of front facing through the leg shot during the <laughs> during the knock up. And that then,
2: is not the sort of move I associate with, Huber with Herke. Hubert Hercatsch. No. No. no,
3: And wow. he immediately broke the serve of Dana Medvedev and closed out the set.
1: And that was something he didn't do in the entire first three and a half sets. He, right? he hadn't broken Medvedev's serve and then he broke him certainly straight away and then very early in the fifth set as well. It, I mean, I thought Hurkacz was brilliant in the yeah. however long they played today, hour or so, and he came to the net. Very effectively and and time those approaches well. I thought Medvedev was pretty dreadful. I agree. I, I the worst of Medvedev, in yeah, a way that was. He was. He became instantly
3: grouchy. That dark side of his came over him, and not the funny, the not the
2: fun, not the sort yeah. of
3: entertaining. It was the kind of dark cloud where he's he's going to look for something to blame mm. afterwards. And to be, I think he gave a pretty decent press conference. Like he got out of it. But his his approach on court was he took the hiding he was being given. And he tried. I'm not saying he didn't try. He did try. But Hercats just took it away. And, and one of the things he took it away from with him was net play. He approached the net 70 times in that match.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah, he's... Well, we saw what he could do in Miami, and we haven't seen it since. And it, it's it's nice to see him rediscover that form. Um, yeah, you mentioned Medvedev's press conference. He he was at a bit of a loss really to explain that performance today. I think he was reasonably happy with how he was playing yesterday. There was a lot, there was a lot of talk about whether the players had give, been given the chance to finished their match last night on center court after after Federer had finished un, under the closed roof and Medvedev clarified that situation and said we were told by the referee that we would be coming back tomorrow to finish off and both of us were fine with that decision so there was never any discussion about finishing it last night um, but he was he was he was annoyed um, he said when you're second in the world fourth round is a bad result. Mm. And you know, I like that. I do yeah, like I do that. Too. I think you know he he knew that was that was a bad performance today, it's, and just good. an inexplicable one. He
3: was good though, her catch. I mean, like you you, re, you relayed the the record, the run he'd been on, the terrible run he'd been mm. on recently. But I still think back to us confusing him with Ugo and Bear, and then realizing <laughs> that he's the guy who won that set from Djokovic yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah that's he's, true. he's dangerous.
2: Will he approach the net with gay abandon? Against Roger Federer tomorrow,
3: I kind of assume he will because he's. I mean, he's six foot five. He's got this wingspan. I tell you, I, th- I do think that will play into Federer's hands. Mm.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think. Well, that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he said. I don't know whether he was trying to spin it this way, and you know, it's absolutely what you should do. You should play these sort of mind games with yourself. But he he felt like having a bit of a center court experience today. Will help him. I would agree with going that. Yeah. In, going into facing Federer in the
3: Short quarter-final. Clutch
2: at whatever straws you can. I, I think
1: Federer's, as
3: my, my instinct at this point is that this is a good result for Roger Federer. Mm. I don't think he would have enjoyed playing Daniel no. Medvedev. No,
1: I agree.
2: Yeah. Yeah, be interesting though. Be, be interesting. Before that, Djokovic against Fuchovic. Will that be interesting? Well,
3: I was... Previewing it just now on Five Live and looking up the record, and Fuchovic has taken a set from him in both matches that they've played. And the recent 2018 and 2019, one of them was at Grand Slam, to level at once at all at the US Open. Fuchovic, he's chiseled out of stone, that guy. And he will keep on coming. And And I, th- look, I still don't think it'll be enough. I mean, Djokovic is on this mission. I don't... I don't see how anybody is going to end up stopping Novak Djokovic. But it can happen. It can happen. And Fuchevich I think, will bring everything he's got. I think he'll be fresh enough. I think he'll play well. And I think he'll put a good account of himself up. I just doubt it will be enough
1: to win. Yeah. Three or four
3: sets to Djokovic.
2: Yeah. Hatchinov against Shapovalov.
3: The, the other two the the two court one matches mm. are the most interesting they yeah
2: they are it's it's off Shapovalov at 1pm followed by Berrettini Orger and Yassim. Mm.
3: i'm assuming Shapovalov and Berrettini win what do you think
2: well it was Shapovalov's quarter <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i mean i had i had Berrettini in my semifinals at the start of the tournament but i hadn't you know, that I was factoring in Auger Eliassime that we'd been seeing pre-Wimbledon. This does feel like his moment. I, If you'd showed me that draw pre tournament I'd have said, yeah, Berrettini. But I do just feel feel less sure about it. Should should Felix
3: Auger seem change something? I just wonder whether... I kind of feel like the way you beat Berrettini is by handcuffing him with depth. I don't yeah. think if you try and out-hit him... I don't see mm. how that sure works. sure that is
2: Auger Aliasim's game, though. I don't... Uh, yeah. Uh, the, it, mm, could it, could I, I'm not, not be... sure. I'm not sure. I think I always used to think that
1: was Auger seems game. Me too. I think when he came through, there were a lot of comparisons with Djokovic, for example. Yeah. But the more we've got to know him as a player the more we've realised, actually, he's really aggressive and, and likes and to finish And this tournament points.
2: in particular, the the thing that's got him here is to be hugely aggressive. Not mm. that he can't rally, but...
3: But it's seek and destroy tennis, yeah, is what he's Yeah, absolutely. Been playing, exactly. It's either yeah, Tiger stuff. That,
1: that's an interesting point, David. I hadn't hadn't thought about the matchup up in that way. Could he
3: rein it in just a bit I and do, just f- try and be consistent I mean, and put it on that baseline? Berrettini's
2: serve is a bigger weapon. Than auger really, seems than than pretty much anybody else in the draw. The forehand they're pretty equal. Berrettini probably has a few extra mile, miles per hour, but more they, reliable they're as they're well. They're huge weapons. Backhand, Felix probably probably mm-hmm. has it. Doesn't have as much. Berrettini's really developed the slice, but I don't know. I think, I think that could be quite tight. I think actually. we're getting tie breaks. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think it could be as much as anything about. How they handle facing each other? I mean, they are really good friends, mm. and that
2: that yeah. can make for awkward they, matches. So, Felix Auger-Aliassime's girlfriend is the cousin of Matteo Berrettini's girlfriend. Oh, exactly. By yeah, the yeah.
3: way, Berrettini supporting Tomljanovic today in the, bo- in, the, in the box. It's adorable in the box, and he was thing. going Ooh, through it.
2: And while we're on that subject, Berrettini has had some lovely lovely things to say about um it, the his f- forerunners in italian tennis all of whom sort of the most recent generation have been women um this also from uh, from Re- reem Abelil, who who we're quite often um quoting in her work she said um he was talking about flavia panetta um Roberto Vinci, Sara Irani and Francesco Schiavone, he said they helped us, us being this generation of it, the young Italian men, they helped us by showing us everything is possible. They showed us that four players of the same generation, they were top seven, I think, they showed us the things that they achieved, we could think about achieving them too. Oh, and I love it. It's
3: fantastic. Mm. I don't know him. But he, everything I see of him, he seems like good people to me. Mm. Mm.
2: He does. And Felix is good people. It's, ju- it's a good people match. It is. It yeah. is. It really is. Good luck to them both. <laughs> Shame there has to be a loser in all of that jazz. Nobody's answered my Hatchinov-Shapovalov question.
1: What, who's going to win?
3: Yeah.
1: I'm going to go Shapovalov. I'm going to go with Chapovalov. I'm a I'm a Chapovalov believer. This tournament, yeah, because
3: okay. you you call yourself a believer, don't you? If you like Justin Bieber, so what? You, what,
2: you did ten years ago. What, yep. What, what, what
3: can you be? For <laughs> Where are we going with this? <laughs> David? Well, what can you be for a Dennis Chapovalov? I want to know if there's, there's got to be one of those. Have you got a k- like a Citsipal.
1: That's what <laughs> Pass fans call themselves.
2: It's so limp that, isn't it? <laughs> I like it. Uh, we'll work on it submissions at tennis podcast what do you want to call yourself if you're a a Shapovalov believer yeah TBC Uh, but I'm sure we will get some ropey suggestions I believe in our listeners (laughs) yep me too. Me too. Maybe we
3: should get Hannah on it. Yes, we'll yes. get Hannah on Hannah. it. She
2: loves the pun. Honestly, she's been she's she's been amazing today. Absolutely brilliant. So get following us on Twitter, newsletter, Instagram, all of that. Uh, I'm really reluctant to have to mention our mascots, but we have them. Let's not talk about how we're performing for them. I've got Zeus. David's got Rogue. Yeah, at least they're lovely. Yeah, Matt's got Scouse or mouse all. Uh Mocker continues to also be lovely. Hello, lovely Mocker. Uh, Chris Albert-Lee, our executive producer, continues to be a lovely blo- bloke. I don't know when he'll stop being a top bloke, but... He won't. Right, yeah. Uh, we have shout-outs, Matt. Who are they for?
1: For Andy Thorpe.
2: Right, Andy. Hello, Andy. Like Thorpe Park. Indeed. Good times like, I've had at Thorpe Park.
1: Like Andy
3: Murray.
2: That too. <laughs> <laughs> hello andy thanks for your support sean frost oh david frost
3: sean of the dead
2: (laughs) it's a film isn't it
3: It, it, different spelling different spelling i think (laughs) sean seems nice from what i've seen of him on twitter and he's a top bloke for following us and backing us thanks a lot
2: thank you sean
3: and claudette Spahn. Oh, well, Cla- I mean,
2: imagine being called Claudette. We
3: don't even need a comparison for that. We just need to there aren't any just say, it again, say it again, Matt
1: Claudette Spahn, which I I'm, I'm not sure on the On the surname pronunciation there. So just feel free to get in touch if I've got it wrong. <laughs> Sounds magnificent.
2: Uh, thank you very much, all of you, uh, for all of your support. We very much appreciate it. We'll be back. How many more of these have we got? Five more daily tennis podcasts from Wimbledon. 2021 i have promised you a thriller on thursday and i'm sure there'll be thrillers before and after that as well but we're guaranteed one now at least that i have completely jinxed that match up uh we're loving it we're loving this wimbledon thank you for listening thank you for coming on the wimbledon journey with us we'll be back again tomorrow